Hello? Hello? Oh boy. Oh boy. Hello? There we go. Hello? 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 
Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Uh, whoever's in here, can you just confirm that you can hear me in the chat? I'm going to start momentarily. Okay. That's weird. We'll start momentarily. Start this momentarily. <sighs> Hello, welcome to the stream. I guess starting a little bit with this week's episode. They have a different background this week, and I'll get into why that is. Thank you for liking. Give it a few more seconds, and we'll start. What a week we got to talk about. <laughs> oh, <that's> perfect. 
All right. Welcome everybody back to week to episode five of the Bebo with the bit with Denny in the Booth podcast. This week we've got more to talk. We've got loads to talk about. We've got one crazy week of college football. We've got NFL week eight to recap, week nine predictions. The World Series ended, and that's a whole cr- another craziness to talk about. And more NBA as the season is kicking more in now. Is it gone into week or two now? Through, let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode five. Um, I am in a different background this week. I'm doing this actually for my college dorm room in Queens. Um, I had to push off doing it Tuesday just due to a midterm, and the World Series was gonna end at least. By Wednesday, the latest ended up ending Tuesday night. We'll get into that later in the podcast. Um, and so for those reasons, I ended up pushing it off till Thursday. Um, I don't think it's gonna be temporary till Thursday officially. It's probably just this week that will be uh Thursday. Um, welcome back. If you're new, hit the subscribe button below, it's free. Uh, if you have Gmail or any sort of Google account. You have access to a YouTube account. Let's get under with this week. This week, college football. What a week this was. Uh, I'll admit there's not much to talk about outside of the Big Ten, but let's get into it. Ohio State, Penn State, the rivalry game that no matter how good either team could be, will always come down, have some way of coming down to the wire. Because that's just how the rivalry works. And boy, was it a game this year. Penn State jumped out early, uh, 7-0 lead, which was a good start for them, especially being on the road. Ohio State ended up jumping back. They got a touchdown and then a fumble recovery in Penn State territory for a touchdown, which I didn't even realize was a touchdown until literally I like look up. I was watching the game live because it was after Chavez. I look up. I see sacks. I'm like, okay. Look down for a second. Next thing I look up and it's the guy has an end zone for a touchdown. Um, and then Ohio State basically cruised once they got the lead, or relatively. They didn't really look back. Even if it was tied, which it might have been, uh, they had the lead. And one of the craziest decisions in this game was Penn State, what ended up being the final score, 33-24, Towards the end of the game, down 33-24 in Ohio State territory on fourth down. He had a touchdown and either an extra point and two-point conversion. It's a th- two, three, one-score, one-point game onside kick. Field goal could probably win it if not a touchdown. And, I mean, theoretically going for a field goal on fourth down you're only down by six, and it's an onside kick recovery and a touchdown, but I would have thought they would have gone for it. And instead, James Franklin, who's the coach of Penn State, went for the field goal, and what was worse for him was they missed the field goal. So it completely flunked for him. I mean, then again, it could – and I have a feeling this might be his last year with Penn State. 
Whether he takes one of the open coaching jobs at USC or LSU, that's a different story. There have been rumors maybe, um, but nobody knows at this point. Either way, Ohio State beats at Penn State this year, 33-24 at home. This coming week, they're at Nebraska, unranked Nebraska. I don't get to watch it. It's a 12 o'clock game on Saturday. There were some other big games in the Big Ten this weekend, including maybe Iowa's not the team to come out of the uh, Big Ten West as they lost They lost to Wisconsin at home. Uh, they had their butts – they had their bottoms handed to them. They just – they put up seven points. That was it. They, they were just completely dominated by Wisconsin as Wisconsin at home beats Iowa 27-7. Uh, so I don't even know what to say about Big Ten West anymore. I mean, they're still up there with Minnesota. But then again, Wisconsin could knock them off. So Because uh, that Wisconsin-Minnesota rivalry, a lot of the time, which is the last game of the season for both, a lot of the time that decides the Big Ten West. Most of the time, I wouldn't say all the time, but a lot of the time that's who represents the Big Ten West in the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, but... Maybe not. Maybe Iowa still makes it. We'll see. Then the biggest game of the Big Ten Conference this weekend between undefeated Michigan and undefeated Michigan State in East Lansing, Michigan, home of the Michigan State Spartans uh, hosting Wolverines. Michigan got out to a 30-14 to lead at one point, and you thought, okay, Michigan's got this in the bag. Harbaugh finally has a big win. And they're going to stay undefeated. The running game and just all of Michigan State said otherwise. As they came all the way back to win 37-33, Michigan State stays undefeated. Michigan has its first loss of the year. And boy, oh boy, does that make that Michigan State-Ohio State game really interesting coming up in three weeks from now. Or two weeks from now. Uh, which I could be at that game, not for sure. We'll see. Um, but Michigan State stays undefeated. Michigan has its first loss, and Harbaugh's job really now in jeopardy after losing Michigan State. They really just had a hard time against ranked teams this year. And then the last game I'll talk about, well, I guess I'll just mention, Georgia's still undefeated, really still looking good, as they won this week 34-7. to uh, Other big news in college football is the fact that the college football playoff rankings, which are the only rankings that once they start coming out, matter. As in, that's the rankings that it gives you the college football playoffs. That gives you who's what seed, who's going to make it, who's going to be short. uh, Came out this week, and there was a lot of controversy uh, because of the whole thing of how do they judge these non-Power 5 teams, and everyone was feeling Cincinnati would finally get their, uh, would be in this week, this week, and they didn't. Uh, they actually were just short of the college football playoff in, of the top four. Uh, the rankings this week are as follows. Georgia won, which is not shocked anybody. Everyone knew they were going to be one. Alabama, too, which was a big shocker because they've lost. The, the team they lost to is ranked, but still the fact that they lost just throws everyone for a loop there. Michigan State, three. 
not shocked they're in it, especially after being Michigan. If Michigan won, maybe Michigan's probably in there instead. Oregon four, Ohio State five, right outside. Uh, Cincinnati six, which is what everyone's really upset about because they're undefeated. But yes, they are non-power five. They've also had some big wins against power five against both Indiana and Notre Dame, uh, but sadly hasn't met college football playoffs. Um, beyond that, Michigan seven, Oklahoma eight, Wake Forest nine, Notre Dame 10, Oklahoma State 11, Baylor 12, Auburn 13, Texas A&M 14, BYU 15, Ole Miss 16, Mississippi State 17, Kentucky 18, NC State 19, Minnesota 20, Wisconsin 21, Iowa 22, Fresno State 23, San Diego State 24, and Pitt 25. They only give 20 top 25. They don't go beyond uh, 25 in their rankings. Top four real are the only ones that matter, but I guess seeding can also affect uh, what how strong of a bowl game they'll get, whether New Year's Six or just some other random bowl game. But that's this week for college football. And this coming week might not be as – the only thing that's going to be interesting probably, and I don't think Ohio State and Nebraska is going to be anything, is Michigan State goes to Purdue. And I can tell you from Ohio State past, Purdue, um, their stadium can be a trap game because that stadium is crazy bonkers. And I know because Ohio State went there in 2018 and lost badly to – Purdue, which ruined their college football playoff chances. I mean, they also lost to Maryland, beat Maryland only by one point, which also hurt their playoff chances, but more of the Purdue loss did. And Purdue, it's just a trap game. And, I mean, I would want Michigan to be undefeated going into the Ohio State game, but they could potentially lose to Purdue. Purdue's actually not that bad this year. I think they're like 5-3 and three or something like that. Like, not bad. So we'll see what happens. NFL Week 8. What a week we got to talk about. Thursday night football between the Packers and the Cardinals. I said last week, look out, the Packers could win this game. Now, I picked the Cardinals because that was the general pick. But I said, look out, the Packers could go to Arizona and beat the Cardinals. My dark horse pick was right. The Packers went to Arizona, had a big lead. The Cardinals started to make a comeback. But as a lot of people put it, Right on the red zone, down 24-21. A.J. Green of the Cardinals controller died, did not turn to try to make a catch, and instead was picked off by Razul Douglas, who was actually picked up off the practice squad of the Cardinals by the Packers. As the Packers down a lot of injuries to receivers, tight ends, a tight end even went down during the game, and the Cardinals' undefeated season, and the Dolphins will still remain the only undefeated, fully undefeated season including their Super Bowl win from 1972, as the Packers won 24-21. Sunday was bananas. Cincinnati, New York Jets. What a This was interesting. The Bengals had it early, and it seemed like it was over. Mike White having to play for Zach Wilson, as Zach Wilson got hurt against Patriots. And the Jets actually ended up coming back to win. And it actually helps the Browns, as you'll see later, because uh, they play the Bengals this week. Uh, Jets barely got a win, second one of the year, beating the Bengals 34-31. And this might ruin the Bengals' chances of being a playoff contender this year. I'm not going to say it's the final nail in the coffin, but if they lose this game, 
And then this coming up week's game, which I'll talk about who they, which I said they're playing the Browns. It could be the nail in the coffin. Yeah, it's only week nine, but it could be the nail in the coffin. I mean, they've lost to both the Bears and the Jets. Those are two teams to badly lose to. And the Bears was embarrassing because they were just badly playing than the Jets. Well, I mean, maybe I guess it was worse, really, because they just blew a bad lead. But um, we'll see what happens with the Bengals. Next up, we had Tennessee and Indianapolis. This game was close a lot of the way. Then again, Derrick Henry went was injured and is out for the year. A bad blow for Tennessee. They actually picked up Adrian Peterson. <coughs> Sorry. To me, they're uh, running back for the rest of the year. But it's a tough blow because they relied on Henry a lot. And they ended up in a close victory in overtime over the the uh, Colts, 34-31. But that Derrick Henry blow is rough, and we'll see how they play this coming up week. Uh, next up, we had the Rams and the Texans. This was all L.A. and Houston. I mean, all the, the Texans' points were garbage time. Uh, Rams won 38-22. Next up, Browns-Steelers. Boy, was this a crazy, bonkers, nuts. I don't even know what other words I can throw into this game. Uh, back and forth, all defensive game. The defenses both shined. Offense is not as much. Uh, but the Steelers barely eked out a win with the go-ahead touchdown and the Browns fumbling one drive and then couldn't convert on, for, for on fourth down as they lost 15-10. to 10. They just had a bunch of drops and that costly fumble. I don't know. And then the whole story now that OBJ may no longer be a part of the Browns. It was thought he would get traded before the deadline. But instead, he is actually seeming like he's going to be cut. And I say this because he has not been welcome to the practice at Berea where they have their practice site, which I've actually been to the um, their site for practice. Really nice camp, uh, facility there. Um, but he has not been there the last two days, and I have a feeling that's a nail in the coffin for his time in Cleveland. And he'll end up, maybe if he's lucky, he'll end up going elsewhere uh, for the rest of this year. We'll see what happens. Next up, Philly and Detroit. I thought this could be Detroit's game to win, to avoid 0-17. And instead, they got mopped by Philly 44-6. I mean, this is all Philly. There was... No Detroit at all in this game. And I I know I, I start to wonder if if they're gonna be 0-17. I'm starting to think they could go 0-17. They do have a few games they could win, but this might be the blow for 0-17. I'm sorry, Lions fans. I know I don't have any much viewers that are Lions fans, but yeah, I, I that might be the blow. Uh Eagles won 44-6. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bears-Niners. This game was actually interesting, uh, especially when the Bears made it 23-22 on a running touchdown by Justin Fields, except they missed the extra point, and that would end up being the nail in the coffin as the Niners would put get up to 30, would add 10 points before the end of the game as they end up winning 33-22. Next up, Carolina-Atlanta. Atlanta had a lead and became the Lulkins once again as they actually blew their lead and lost to Carolina 19-13. Man, that's tough. 
for Atlanta. Uh, good win for Carolina, especially being that's in the division. Miami-Buffalo, this game was actually a lot closer than the last time, but Buffalo ended up pulling it off in the end, winning 26-11. Next up, the Chargers and the Patriots. This game lived up to what this the hype was going to be. Back and forth battle, back and forth between Herbert and Mac Jones. In the end, the Patriots barely beat the Chargers 27-24. Seahawks and Jaguars, this game was all Seahawks. The Jaguars got a touchdown, tried to onside kick it, and the Seahawks got it. It took it for a touchdown. And that was the nail in the coffin. It's the Seahawks won 3-1-7. Denver-Washington football team, this was an all-defensive game. And Denver had a 17-10 lead with the ball in their hands with a little bit over a minute left, and it looked like it was game over. All they had to do was just get a first down, and the game is over. Well, Melvin Gordon said otherwise, as he fumbled to give the football team one last chance. They were not able to take advantage, as the Broncos beat the football team 17-10. to uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints... Uh, James Winston went down during the game and is out for the year with the ACL injury. Bad blow for them. But they actually ended up pulling off a win in this game. They took a 28-27 to lead uh, and then gave Brady, it seemed like, too much time to pull off a comeback. And instead, he threw pick six, which ended up being the nail in the coffin. Uh, as the Saints upset the Buccaneers and are now 3-0 since Brady has been a Buccaneer winning 36-27. Sunday Night Football, which was an interesting game, especially with the twist that came in uh, right before the game. Dallas and Minnesota. Dallas ended up having to be without Dak Prescott as that injury from that Patriots game is still hobbling him a bit. Cooper Rush-led Cowboys came back against the Vikings and were able to pull off a 20-16 win in Minnesota. And then Monday Night Football, my other... I said could be a dark horse that the Giants could potentially win this game. And they were very close to me being right on that. Like, very close. Uh, but the problem was penalties really cost them. Uh, both quarterbacks threw picks. Penalties cost the Giants on both sides of the football. And the Chiefs barely eked out a win over the Giants 2017. I don't even know what to say about the Chiefs anymore. So, overall, my Week 8 predict... Well, actually, before you get into predictions. So... To update you on the standings, as that is the Week 8 scores, Bills are in first place in the AFC East at 5-2, followed by the Patriots, who are 4-4, four four, followed by the Jets, who are 2-5, and, and the Dolphins, who are 1-7. In the AFC North, the Ravens are up top in the division at 5-2, as they had a bye this week, the ba- followed by the Bengals, who are 5-3, followed by the Steelers, who are 4-3, followed by the Browns, sadly, in last place at 4-4. Four AFC South, the Titans are up top at 6-2. Followed by the Colts, who are 3-5. Followed by the Jaguars, who are 1-6. Followed by the Texans, who are 1-7. AFC West, Raiders are 5-2 atop the division. Followed by the 4-3 Chargers. Followed by the 4-4 Chiefs. Followed by the 4-4 Denver Broncos. The NFC East, Cowboys still lead the division at 6-1 and the only 500-plus team. Followed by the Eagles, who are 3-5. and five, Followed by football team and Giants, tied both at 6-2-6. Six and, two and six. Uh, Then you have the AFC North, where the Packers up top at 7-1. and one, Followed by the Vikings, who are 3-4. and four, Followed by the Bears, 3-5. and five, Followed by the 0-8 Detroit Lions. 
NFC South, the Buccaneers are still up top in the division at six and two, followed by the Saints, who are five and two, followed by the Panthers, who are four and four, followed by the Falcons, who are three and four. And then the NFC West, the Cardinals and the Rams are tied at first place at seven and one, followed by the Niners, who are three and four, followed by the Seahawks at three and five. So overall, my week eight predictions, I went nine and six. Not the greatest week, but still a decent week, I would say, in predictions. Um, total record for predictions through the podcast, I am 31 and 15. So let's get into week nine predictions. Thursday night football, you get the Jets and the Colts. This is not going to be a good game. I've got Andy winning this game. Sunday, we get Browns and Bengals. Uh, Browns coming off the rough loss to the Steelers. Bengals coming off the rough loss to the Jets. And I just have a feeling that the Browns are going to be able to pull off this win, especially with losing the Jets. And I think that could be the nail in the coffin if the Bengals lose this week uh, for them being contenders or close to the nail in the coffin. We'll see what happens. Uh, Denver-Dallas, I have Dallas. Houston-Miami, I have Miami. Atlanta-New Orleans, I have New Orleans. Vegas and the Giants, I have Vegas. Patriots and Panthers, I have Patriots. Buffalo at Jaguars, I have Buffalo. Minnesota at Baltimore, I have Baltimore. The Chargers and the Eagles, I have the Chargers. Sunday night football between the Packers and the Chiefs. It's a good thing I'm doing this episode today because I wouldn't have known at the time of the predictions that Aaron Rodgers will be missing Sunday's game with COVID. A whole mess he had. uh, We thought he was vaccinated because he said he was immunitized or something. But turns out he wasn't vaccinated, got COVID, and he's missing this game. And uh, was uh, Jordan Love is starting this game. If it was Rodgers, I'd be picking Packers. But I just don't think they're going to be able to get it done with Jordan Love. Maybe they proved me wrong. But I have the Chiefs, Niners, Cardinals. I have Cardinals, Texans. Uh, sorry, not Texans. Titans at Rams Sunday night football. I do forget, I did realize I should have mentioned this already. Uh, the Rams acquired a big piece at the deadline as the deadline was Tuesday. They got Von Miller from the Broncos for two draft picks. Uh, they're going to win this game. Von Miller's a big piece to pick up for them, uh, but they are. I do have them being the Titans. And Monday Night Football is Bears at Steelers, and I have the Steelers. And that is my Week 9 predictions. Oh boy, MLB World Series. What a World Series of craziness was it this year. I mean, we left off basically at the start, and I just wanted to wait till it be done to do this week's episode. Game one, the Braves got off to a great start uh, with a three with a big first inning, started by Jorge Soler hitting a leadoff home run, not on the first pitch. Uh, and then RBI sing, RBI single or double. They were all over Houston in game one. Valdez pitched awful. I mean, overall in the World Series, he didn't pitch that good. Uh, Braves were all over the Astros. The Astros got two runs, but not enough as Braves won game one, 6-2. to two. Uh, Charlie Warren sadly went down in the game with a broken leg and was out for the rest of the World Series. Uh, whether that would have changed anything of how long the series would have went, or whether the Astros would have won, who knows at this point. But 
Anyways, Braves won game one, six to two. Game two was all Astros. They were all over Max Free. Uh, Urquidy pitched great for Houston. And Astros won game two, seven to two. Game three in Atlanta, it actually rained. I think both in three and four, definitely in three. Uh, Ian Anderson pitched great for Atlanta. Luis Garcia pitched decent, didn't last that long. And then the bullpen gave up, I think, both, if not at least a later run. The Braves took a one nothing lead and had a no-hitter through 8-7. It got broken up in the eighth. Astros got into a potential tying, if not taking the lead situation, but the Braves got out of it. And then Travis Darno added an insurance run, and the Braves won game three, two to nothing. Game four, Houston took a two nothing lead early between the first and fourth inning by RBI ground out and a solo home run by Jose Altuve. Uh, then the Braves got a run in the sixth with a bit when the Astros were in a bit of a jam to get two one. And then thanks to back to back home runs by Dansby Swanson and once again Jorge Soler. Uh, led the Braves to take a, to win three to two and take a three games to one series lead. Game five got off to a start where you thought it was all Braves and it was going to end in Atlanta and we was not going to have to go back to Houston as Braves got a four, grand slam immediately. The Astros fought their way back to tie it. Braves got a solo home run from Freddie Freeman. Sadly, that was all the runs they scored in game five. Astros scored. Way more as they would put up nine runs, three in the fifth, one in the seventh, and one in the eighth, as they took game five to force back to Houston nine to five. And game six was just all Atlanta, uh, capped off by Jorge Soler, who would win World Series MVP. Uh, had a three run homer to give the Braves the lead, they had a three run fifth, and then an extra run in the seventh on a Freddie Freeman solo home run. All Braves in game six as they shut out the Astros, no, no hit, um, as Max Freed, who actually got a bit of an injury to his ankle in the first inning, on it, that led to a jam that he got out of, but he pitched great, and Braves shut them down, 7 nothing to win the World Series, and they are your 2021 World Series champions. Congrats to the Braves, well-earned, well-done, especially with all the injuries they had to deal with. No Ronald Acuna Jr., no Mike Soroka. Eventually, now no uh, Charlie Morton. It's a great story. And the greatest story, and not much people are talking about this, from this World Series win by the Braves, is not just all the injuries, but their third-base coach finally getting a ring and one on Washington. And I'll explain why this is a great story. So in 2010 and 2011, the Ranger, Texas Rangers a back-to-back World Series. And their manager this year, who was the third base coach for the Braves, was Ron Washington. In 2010, they were not close to winning the World Series. They lost them five games. They got a win, but the losses, they weren't close. I'll just put it that way. Um, they had heck of a team both years. 2011, and Cardinal fans that are watching this for sure know about this, the Bra- the Rangers were down to their lat- were one strike away. Not once, but twice in game six, up three games to two from winning a World Series. Ron Washington was the manager. They blew both opportunities and lost in seven to the Cardinals. So the fact that he finally gets a ring as a coach, I don't know if he played or not, but finally gets a ring 
good for him. He deserves it. He was great manager, especially with how good those Rangers teams, Nelson Cruz, Josh Hamilton, Ian Kinsler, Elvis Andrews, Michael Young, Adrian Beltre, Mike Napoli, Mitch Moreland. They just had so much great talent, and they didn't win a World Series. Some of the players and coaches have won rings uh, since, like Mike Napoli was with the 2013 Red Sox. Uh, Shane, uh, no, wait, not Shane Victorino. Why was I saying Shane Victorino? Um, but a few have won rings since, but finally Ron Washington got a ring he deserved, uh, being the third base coach for the Braves. As the Braves are your World Series champions, Jorge Soler, former Cub, winning World Series MVP, and honestly good for him, especially because like he didn't do much in 2016 postseason really at all. And really not even, he had like a triple in the World Series in that, in a game they lost and that was it. So good for him. Congrats to the Braves. Congrats to all Braves fans. You guys, your city really deserves it, especially after Atlanta having that uh, Super Bowl whoopsie in uh, 27, in Super Bowl 51, or as I like to call it, Super Bowl 28 to 3. Uh, but congrats to the Braves. Well earned, well deserved, a great story. And thankfully, we don't have to be seeing that the Astros won this World Series. So, yeah, thanks for that, too. <laughs> um, other news in baseball, Buster Posey, one of the best catchers of all time in baseball, officially has retired after 12 seasons, and I think he's ending on a good note because this year he found the fountain of youth. He was sucking for the last couple of years, and this year he went off. He had a great year, and I have a feeling he'll probably be comeback player of the year for the National League. if. I know they gave out a player's choice, but I don't know if that's an official one or not. Um, by the way, I think he's probably going to win for the National League. I'm going to give a bit of awards prediction because I know it's not for another week or two, but I want to give it at this point because unless MLB news pops up between now and then, uh, there's not much to really talk about till awards. Um, and a few other points I want to mention about baseball. Um, before awards predictions, though, I do want to say also Tucker Barnhart Got traded to the Tigers for an infielder prospect, which was interesting. Uh, not much really to say about it, but I just wanted to bring it up. Awards predictions. Managers of the year. AL, easily for me, Scott Servias. The Mariners didn't make the playoffs, but they got really close. And it's just a great story, the, the uh, Mariners, after they haven't made the playoffs since 2001, and they got really close. Uh, he's going to win manager of the year in the AL. NL... Then I was, or I don't know why I'm hesitating. It's going to be Gabe Kapler of the Giants because no one expected the Giants to finish above third place at best, lower of worst, and they ended up winning the division over the Dodgers who had a streak of winning the division in the last couple years, or not, a couple, many years. And the fact that they won the division this year, they didn't make it far in the playoffs. I have a feeling Cap, I'm not feeling, but Kapler's going to win National League Manager of the Year. Um... Cy Young, the National League is probably in a National League. It's probably be someone from like Milwaukee because they had great pitching this year. I would say Degrom if he pitched more, but he was hurt, and that definitely helps hurts awards chances uh, as we've learned in the past. American League, it's probably gonna be Garrett Cole or Robbie Ray. I don't know really who it's gonna be. Both had some rough ERAs at the end of the year for the whole season. Uh, we'll see what happens there. If I had to make a prediction, 
I'm going to say Garrett Cole. Um, I know discredits Robbie Ray because he had a great year, but I'm going to say Garrett Cole. And then MVP, I give credit to show to AL. I give credit to what Vlad Jr. did this year. He did, had a phenomenal year, but the problem is, is Otani. I have Otani winning the AL MVP. I do think Vlad Jr. will win the Hank Aaron Award, which has not been announced yet. I think we'll win the AL Hank Aaron, um, but I have Otani winning the AL MVP. NL MVP, I have Bryce Harper because I think he's just a better fielder than Juan Soto. I both hit well, but I Harper has better fielding, not by much. Um, and Harper's really just went off this year. I think it's going to be Bryce Harper. Um, MLB, we don't even know if 2022 season's really going to much happen because there could be a strike slash a lockout. Um, as the CBAs do this year, and who knows if it's going to be resolved. If it's not resolved by December 2nd, or December 1st at 11.59 p.m. Eastern, basically December 2nd, then there will be a strike and potential lockout. We will see what happens. I'll keep you updated with every week of the podcast. But that's the end of MLB talk for a bit. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be picking up on... MLB, once news comes along, I'll definitely mention who wins the awards. Um, hopefully, Hall of Fame will have answers and hopefully have people that make it this year. I'll be talking about that. Um, and we'll see what happens. But that is it for MLB for some time. What a great year this was. Even as a Cubs fan, it was a rough year. But in general, it was a crazy MLB year. Great year. And we'll see what happens. Um, NBA, definitely some more shakeups over the last bit. Um, I'll admit I've not been as much into NBA. I keep, I try to keep an eye a bit. Um, but the Bulls are still re- hot right now. They are not undefeated, but they're 6-2. and two. The other night, they actually came back from down 14 against the Celtics at Boston. Um, other than that, the City jerseys came out for this year. Not really anything great. Uh, most of them were bad. Uh, one second. Come in. Sorry about that. Um. Well, I'll just give an update on NBA on the NBA standings for the East. Miami's up top in the East at six and one, followed by the Sixers. Bulls are tied for second at six and two, followed by the Rocket Raptors, who are six and three, followed by the Nets, Wizards, Knicks, who are all five and three, followed by the Cavs and the Hornets, who are five and four, and the Bucks in the ten spot, though tied at four and four with Atlanta. And in the West for the playoff standings, the Jazz and the Warriors are tied at 6-1 and one for first, followed by the Mavericks, the Lakers, and the Grizzlies all at 5-3. and three. Followed by the Nuggets and Kings are both 4-4. Four and four. Followed by the Suns and the Clippers, Suns who are 3-3. Three and three. And then the Clippers and the Twins at 3-4. and four. That's it for this week's episode of the podcast. I this What a crazy week in sports. Maybe I'm surprised and there are some crazy games of college football this weekend. 
Uh, sadly, I won't be able to watch the Ohio State game, but I'll definitely see the highlights afterwards. Uh, thank you for coming on if you were able to come watch this live. Uh, thank you for anyone that's able to view it afterwards, after it goes live. If you are new to this channel, leave a like on this stream and subscribe to the channel. It is free. If you have a Gmail or any sort of Google account, you can have a YouTube account. Uh, you don't have to make videos in order to be able to subscribe to other channels. You can just hit the subscribe button and you will get notified when I go live. Also, follow me on Twitter as I do give updates a lot on Twitter for when I go live or if I'm going to postpone a stream um, to a certain date. Next week should be Tuesday. Um, we'll see if that changes. Let's wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for coming back for this week. Next week, we're going to have NFL Week 9 and Week 10 predictions. We'll have College Football Week 10. We'll have NBA, and who knows what else we could have. Hit the subscribe button down below if you're new. Thank you for watching. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I hope to see you next week, hopefully Tuesday, in my normal background for podcasts. Could be I do future episodes in the dorm. Uh, will depend on what day of the week I do it. Thank you, and I'll see you next week. Bye.